There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. This is our Tuesday edition of the podcast, and we are in the middle of Psalm 119. We're rejoicing in what the Lord has done over the weekend for the house of the Lord. We're still rejoicing what the Lord did for us on Sunday morning over at Mont Alto. They're at the fire hall in Waynesboro. And then for our Christmas cantata, had many, many folks in. I don't know how many visitors, 30 plus visitors, I believe, at the house of God Sunday night. And we thank the Lord for our choir and for others that had participation in the in the cantata and how we just rejoice in that. And the Lord's been good to us. We certainly thank him. We certainly praise him. We bless his holy name. And as we look at Psalm 119, I'm going to begin to announce some upcoming meetings. If you're in the Martinsville, Virginia area, begin on New Year's Day. We'll be down in Martinsville, Virginia. The Rich Acres Baptist Church will be there Sunday through Wednesday. And if you'd be interested, contact us about that. It'll be a new church for us as far as holding a meeting, how we do thank the Lord for the privilege we have, uh, for the opportunity to preach. We've had a couple calls in the last two weeks, uh, folks setting up meetings for the year to come. And so it looks like it's going to be a fairly busy year for the McVeigh family. We'll try to keep you up to date each and every week. And I know many of you are interested in the and the meetings and the, the things of God concerning the hearing the preaching. And we thank God for that. We're not interested in the personal following. We're interested in the followers of Jesus Christ. We're not interested in those looking to the McVeighs. We're looking to those looking for Jesus Christ. And if we preach the word of God, we preach in the power of the Holy Ghost, then we can see Jesus Christ. And we head to Maine this year, Lord willing. Uh, we'll let folks know if anybody wanted to go to Maine, we can find your place of lodging up in the state of Maine. And you can combine vacations uh, along with uh, church meeting. Now, that's something that is kind of foreign to people today as well. But I know even before I was married, even before I went into ministry, I'd take my vacation. I'd go to meetings. I remember going down to Georgia one time. I didn't know anybody, didn't have a clue who anybody was hardly. And I got down there, didn't know a single individual in the state of Georgia, but went the whole way down for camp meeting, how the Lord helped me. And the Lord gave me some direction in my life. Ultimately, within the next six months, God directed my paths to go out by faith into evangelism because of that meeting. And so again, it's a good thing to take vacation and go to the house of God and go to preaching. What a blessing that is. And so we'll let folks know about that. And then as we go into this Christmas season, don't forget about the Lord Jesus Christ. I know we say he's the reason for the season, but so often he gets lost in the shuffle, the busyness and the cooking and the candies and the cakes and the gifts and all of those things. We really do lose track of Jesus Christ. So would you truly make him the reason for the season as we remember his birth? And of course, we remember his death. You can't have his death without his birth. But we thank God for Jesus Christ, how we're thankful for the Son of God. And so as we go into Psalm 119 again, we've looked at several parts of Psalm 119. I realize we're still in the first few verses. But what we're looking at is in verse 6 today, 
And I'll read Psalm 119 in the first six verses to get there. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. And that's where we are today. We're with the commandments of the Lord. And as I looked at the definitions again, I go to several sources, and I don't mind doing that. The Word of God ultimately is the greatest source, but there's times that sometimes there be other books written in English that give me a better English understanding, not a better biblical understanding, but a better English understanding. It's like why you go to a grammar book to try to get better grammars, why you go to a book about punctuation to learn about punctuation. And then you go to the Word of God to learn about, well, you guessed it, the Word of God. And so as we look at some definitions of the different things here in Psalm 119, we have looked at his testimonies. That's that personal witness, that statements that are made by fact based on eyewitness accounts. And then we look at the precepts. That's those rules that are made for personal conduct. A precept is for you as an individual. The statutes are a decree, and uh, they're put in place by God, and they're put in place for really the good of all men. And there's statutes that are in place, but then he goes on this and he goes into commandments and Lord willing, tomorrow we'll be in the judgments of God. But the commandments, and it's interesting because one of the things that I saw when I was looking in one of the dictionaries, it simply said this, a precept given by divine authority. And so it is personal. And the more I looked into this, the more I realized the commandments are personal. They're directed to you, the individual. They're directed to each of us individually, and only God can do that. And as they're given by divine authority, you don't see commandments anywhere else. You see commands given. Uh, I Years ago, in another life, it seems, I was uh, involved in computer network engineering, and there were prompts that you would use, and you would type commands in, but not commandments. Why? They're not precepts. Uh, In the military, they gave us commands. That's to do this, do this, do this. But they were not commandments. Commandments are reserved for, uh, for divine authority. God has given commandments. He's given far more than 10. People say, well, the 10 commandments. And then the the man that accuses us of legalism, he sits by and he says, well, which commandments are you talking about? And he gives 10 commandments and not understanding that what God has given by divine authority and his holy men of God spake is they're moved by the Holy Ghost, the actual words that God wanted spake. And God gave those commandments and they're not to be done away with. They're not to be altered. They're not to be changed. And so we look at Psalm 119, strictly Psalm 119, and we're going to look at the commandments of the Lord. In verse 6, we've already read that I should not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. And then in verse 10, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. So the individual there, thy commandments, speaking of the Lord, he doesn't want to wander from them. He doesn't want to drift from what God has said. Verse 19 I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. We need to know the commandments of God. We need to know what pleases God. There are sins absolutely done in ignorance because of that lack of knowledge, but there's still sin. And so people say, well, I had ignorance. No, ignorance is no excuse for sin. It never has been an excuse for sin. It's like the man that does not hear 
uh, the word of God, and he's going to say, well, I was ignorant of those things, but he ignored his conscience, he ignored nature, he ignored all of those things, did not seek after God, did not uh, rightly discern what he was looking at concerning the holiness of God, and made no attempt to seek after God. He sought after other gods, and he believed wood, hay, and stubble, and he believed now, gods of stone and gods of ivory and gods of gold, but he would not believe the very things that God put before him to try to prick his conscience. And so it is with us. God gives us commandments. God has given us absolute divine authoritative statement. And then he reveals his commandments to us. Verse 21, thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. So there's one of the things he makes a statement about concerning the commandments, the proud and they're cursed. I realize that we're looking at a different day as far as the curse there, but you realize that all men lost without Christ are under a curse. It's the curse of sin. And so they're going to die in their pride. And so unless God hides pride from them, they're going to perish in their iniquity because they will not seek God because they do not want to hear the commandments of God. Verse 32, again, this is divine precept. This is individual. It's for you. It's explicitly for you. And yet it's for every one of us in the individuality of it. Verse 32, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Verse 35, make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. And so again, we see the path is the commandments of God. His commandments will guide you in a path, and that's why men resist his commandments. And men say, well, you're just a legalist. You try to put men under bondage. Is it not a good precept? Uh, that we say that you ought not to lay with your own sister? Is that even not valid to the man that accuses you of legalism? Well, that's a command of God. Is it not good that you do not prostitute thy daughter or cause her to be a whore? Well, that's a command of God. Is that not a good thing? Is that not beneficial? Whether you believe God or not, is that not beneficial to society whose wicked things ought not to be done? Yet our society is filled with people like that. And yet God has given them a law. And that law contains it at the commandments of God, divine authority. They're not to be disputed, not to be contended with. Is it not a good thing? And again, I ask these things, not hypothetically. I'm answering, yes, it is a good thing. But is it not a good thing that God has given absolute commandments concerning honoring your father and your mother, concerning covetousness? It's not a good thing to covet. Just in the pragmatic sense, covetousness will destroy you. It will embitter you. It'll make you hateful because it seems like everybody has stuff you don't have and everybody has more than what you have. And that covetousness will rear its ugly head and you'll be covetous. You'll want things that don't belong to you and you'll desire things that when you'll sit there and your heart will lust after those things and want those things. Is it not best to obey the commandment of God and to walk in his way, which is a way that satisfies and a way that brings contentment? Is it not even better just in the pragmatic sense, not even in the spiritual sense? Is it not better? And so he said in verse 47, I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. Verse 48, my hands also I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved. And then he said, and I will meditate in thy statutes. Verse 60, I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. When the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. Why? I did not obey the commandment. And he said to make haste to keep that commandment. Make sure when God speaks with authority, you obey immediately. Make haste to obey. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed the commandments. 
That's a great failure right there. So many people, they just don't believe the commandments of God. Not even from the sense of the common good of, of man, but they don't believe it's divine. They really don't believe that God would say something like that. Why would God want to do that to me? But it's not what God wants to do to you. It's God is holy. God's trying to keep you in his way, or God is trying to lead you to his way. That's why he's given commandments. It's not for your destruction. It's for your betterment. It's for your safety. It's for your help. It's for your protection. Verse 73 of Psalm 119, thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Verse 86, all thy commandments are faithful. Glory to God. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. So the commandments of the Lord, by the way, that persecute him goes back to the verse before, the proud that have digged the pit for him. That's what the punctuation is there. It means all thy commandments are faithful. The commandments of God have always been faithful. They're just. They're true. Verse 96, I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. In verse 98, thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. What is that? The commandments are ever with thee. It's interesting that he said the commandments of God may be wiser than all mine enemies. Those that hate God, those that curse God, the covetous are looking at men that don't know God, they're desiring what they have, and they don't realize the most precious thing that you can have is the commandments of God. And if you have those commandments, it's there's nothing you can desire more than the commandments of God because they will keep you in his way. And his way is a right way. And his way is a good way. His way is a way of peace. His way is a way of joy. There's satisfaction in God's way. Verse 115, depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Verse 127, therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Verse 131, I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. That's a pretty strong statement. I don't know if I could make that a statement. I don't have ever longed for the commandments of God. But when I start to really look at this and I realize that because of the self-destruction of my flesh, me trying to destroy me, me trying to, to absolutely defile myself, I realize there are times I have panted after the commandments of God because they keep me from evil. When I find my feet falling, my feet have nigh well slipped as Asaph spake in the Psalms. Boy, I came to the house of God and heard the commandments of God and heard the law of God, and it kept my feet from falling. Blessed be his holy name. Psalm 143, trouble and anguish have taken hold on me, yet thy commandments are my delights. Verse 151. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. So God leads you in the way of truth. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. We know that. So he leads you in that way by his commandments. They're divine. They're authoritative. There's power in them. Verse 166, Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. Verse 172, my tongue shall speak of thy word. For all thy commandments are righteous. Yet when you preach God's commandments, men say you're unrighteous. They say you're a legalist. They say that you've gone too far. You're taking the word of God and saying it makes something it's not saying. But yet the commandments of God are right. They're just. They're holy. And in verse 176, our last reference for today's podcast, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant 
for I do not forget thy commandments. Now, in the end of this great psalm, in Psalm 119, verse 176, the last word of the psalm is commandments. The last thing he reminds us of when he summarized this psalm, that he will not forget all his commandments. And therefore, we need to know his commandments. So we open with receiving understanding that we can know his commandments and then walk in the way of his commandments and then follow his commandments and then pant after his commandments. And then we find out that the whole time it was his commandments that kept us. And so he said, I do not forget thy commandments. And how many times as saved people, as children of God, do we forget the commandments of God? Oftentimes we blissfully and ignorantly, willfully forget the commandments of God, short-term memory loss, but yet the reality is they're still righteous and they're still just. And if our hearts would pant after his commandments, then we would be holy. We would be safe. We'd be clean. We'd be in Christ. And oh, my friend, to know him and to know his commandments and to walk in the way of his commandments. What a glorious life. What a marvelous life. What a holy life. It's not unobtainable. You just have to know the commandments of God and be willing to obey the commandments of God and walk in the way therein. The Lord's help tomorrow, if you pray for us, we're trying to preach on the judgments of God from Psalm 119. Have a great day. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.